And uh, we're going to continue on. Last week it was when hope is not hope. This week it will be against all hope. And we're going to be dealing in some areas first with Abraham, and then we're going to deal with Jesus, and then we're going to bring it back to Abraham, and we get some understanding on what the Lord would have us to understand. Against all hope, all of us in here that's lived long enough, even children, to be honest with you, has gone through some tremendous times where hope has seemed to evade us. Am I right about it? And you take Abraham, for instance. Now, Abram, he was 75 years old when the Lord called him out of a place called Haran, Haran, which is close to the Chaldeans, Ur and Chaldeans. He was born in in Ur, but God called Abraham at 75 years of age out of a place called Haran, where his father, Terah, had moved them all with his family. And God spoke to Abraham at that time, and Abraham was up in age, and Abraham's wife, or Abram at the time, his wife was 65 years old, and she was barren also. And God comes and he says that I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And not only that, but the seed, your seed, through you shall bless all the families and the nations of the earth. Now, against all hope, here's Abraham, or Abram. And Abram is 75 years of age, no children. In man's perspective, he has no chance to have children because his wife is barren, unable to have children. Well stricken in age, but hope he believed so I want to take it up with us in Romans the 18th chapter I'm at the 4th chapter verses 18 and the Bible reads as thus who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Somebody say the spoken word. So shall thy seed be. You see, when God, he places not a word in you, but a spoken word in you. Because you got to understand that don't nothing happen in your life until you receive it. Until it's Spoken. Just do what you did last week, uh, Chair. You know what we've done last week. Do it again. And as we go forward in life, we, we, we see that our life is a life that is sometimes hope against hope. Amen? And you see, when we're up against such opposition in life. You've got to learn how to shoot 
while you're running, shoot while you're going forward, shoot while you're helping your partner up that's been already shot. You understand I'm talking about against all hope. And too many of us, when, when we're faced with opposition, we don't understand how to, in spite of our situation, you still got to believe in the spoken word. You see, Abraham believed in the spoken word that had been spoken unto him. You see. And until we learn to understand that it's the spoken word, whatever opposition you may have, whatever things you may be going through, whatever life you may be in the situation that you're in. Now, you've got to remember that God does not see you in your present condition, but God sees you in your best state. And even though God is dealing with you through your present situation, you've got to understand that that's not where God wants you to stay. That's not the best. Where you are right now is not the best that God has for you. And you've got to understand that when we come through those doors, this spoken word is not a joke. This thing is real. And the only way that anything real will be authenticated in your life is that you've got to receive it as being real. See, the problem with people, whether they're in the church or they're not in the church, is that they really don't believe the word that they're sitting under. That's what the problem is. Because I told you that belief means to confirm, to be faithful to. That's the problem right there. We're not faithful. That's why you see them like this in the church. They're not faithful. And if you're not faithful to the word, then you definitely are not going to nurture it. Right? If you don't nurture a plant, it will die. If you're not faithful, yeah, you confirmed you had the baby. But if you're not faithful to maintaining the baby and nurturing the baby, the baby will die. Amen? Well, why should it be any different with us? We start out bathed in Christ, but if we don't faithfully attend to that which God has given us, and if we don't faithfully attend to the nurturing of it, then it will die. It will die. So, Preachers argue with me all the time. They say, once saved, always saved. But you can walk away. God, let me tell y'all something. God ain't the one that holds people hostage. God don't hold people hostage. The devil do that. You can walk away from God anytime you want to. It's in the book. So they pick these little scriptures out over here and over there. But see, they really don't go to the scripture that they need to go to. So they make their own righteousness. They set up their own doctrine with God. You know what I'm saying? God said grace, we still hollering law. You're setting up your own doctrine with God. You understand? You'll get yourself hurt like that. You understand what I'm saying? That's what the devil wants you to do. The devil wants you to try to do it on your own. And you can't do it on your own. You, you can't live... Not even one iota of the Ten Commandments. You're not capable. 
try. How many of you in here have told a lie? You break one, you break it all. How many have gone after other false gods, after other gods? You break one, the Bible says you broke them all. Huh? You see where grace comes into play? People against all hope, the gospel of grace was preached to Abraham, to a heathen, to let us know that it's through grace we are saved by faith, not of works, least any man boasts. That's in Second Ephesians chapter six through eight. I mean verses six through eight. Ephesians chapter two. I think it's verse six through eight. So we, 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 so we see here that this gospel that was spoken unto Abraham, he believed it. He believed it in spite of his situation that he was an old man. He believed it in spite of his situation that his wife was barren and fruitless. But he believed anyway against all hope. The Bible says. Now look at Romans 3.3. 3. It says, For what if some did not believe? So what if some don't believe? Shall their unbelief, Romans 3.3, 3, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect in your, in your life? Just because somebody else don't believe that God's grace is sufficient. Are you going to not believe it? When the word of God say that my grace is sufficient? Hmm? Against all hope. Does it matter really? When you really, when it, when, when you really look at it. Does it make any difference what anybody else think in your life? When the Bible says you got to work out your own salvation with trembling and fear. And you got to be fully persuaded in your own mind. So really, does it make any difference to you whether somebody else believes that you believe or not as long as you believe? (laughs) Because if somebody else don't believe, the Bible says, just because others didn't believe, does that make the faith of God not avoid in in your life? Does it? He said, let God be true and every man a lie. That's the next verse there. You can go on down to the next verse and you'll see that. Every man. It didn't say some men. It say every man. Every man is a liar. Not some. So, so you see, whatever God spoke into Abraham against all hope, Abraham believed. Are we able to do that today? Are we able to take this small army and challenge the whole world like we're doing? Evidently we are. We're doing it. Evidently. Evidently. Huh? Because after all, We've always ran out of the Gideon factor. Some got 32,000 and can't do what we're doing. We just need 300. Huh? The Gideon factor. He sent all the rest of them home. Sent the cowards home first. 22,000 of them went back in one. Because they wasn't wanting to be there no way. All they were doing was looking for a way out. Well, you don't have to attend ministry meetings, you know, on Wednesday night. Well, they're just looking for a way out. You know, only those that want to understand what it is to be better in life. You know, those are the ones that press their way. You understand? 
But the other 22,000, they went on their merry way. And God said, if 10,000 of them left, God said, that's still too many. For my glory to be shown. That's still too many. You see, man count numbers. You know, God count faith. What kind of faith you got? What kind of faith you got? Against all hope, Abraham believed. What kind of faith you got? When you're, when, you, when, you, when you're up against the wall and you're being challenged on every angle and don't nothing seem to be working, what kind of faith do you have? What kind of hope do you have against hope? When hope don't want to act right, what kind of hope do you have? Hmm? What kind of hope do you have? But if you don't know what's in there, then ask, let me ask you this. If you don't know that against all hope, Abraham believed, if you don't know that that's in there, then how are you going to have a schematic or a blueprint to do the same? You understand? Because after all, the things that are written are written the fourth time the Bible says for our learning so that we may have comfort from the scriptures. So whatever is written is written for us now. Not back then, like a lot of people preach, they keep preaching in the past. I preach in the present to get you to your future. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I preach in the present to get you to your future. Amen. It ain't about geography. It's about faith. That's what this whole thing is about. Otherwise, God died for nothing. And I guarantee you, only those in faith can be the seed of Abraham. Only those. Only those people. So it doesn't matter. I'm coming out of the title of our message today is Against All Hope. And we're coming out of Romans, the book of Romans, the fourth chapter. We've already done the 18th verse and then we went to Romans 3.3 3, and now we're going back to Romans 4 verses 19. Say amen when you get there. Amen. I'm going to try to help you if I can through the Holy Ghost. But you got to help yourself too now. You got you, you to be with the spoken word. Okay? Because Abraham believed what was spoken. Huh? Because after all, nothing happened until this Somebody say spoken. You want joy? Keep speaking joy. After a while, your emotions will catch up with your mouth. Because if you don't believe it, you probably ain't going to say it no way. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if he thinking joy and speaking joy, Joy got to come. Oh, if we can make be for a night. Joy coming in the morning. Keep speaking joy in your life. Keep speaking uh, 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 progression in your life. Keep speaking opportunity in your life. But in the midst of your speaking, don't forget about doing. Because faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. Watch verse 19, Romans 4, verse 19. And being weak in the faith, 
He considered not his own body now, dead. <coughs> when he was about a <coughs> hundred years old, look at that. Twenty-five years later, he's still hoping against hope. <laughs> Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. See, see, he didn't even. For 25 years, he's still hoping against hope, man. Where's the promise? How many of us could have gone that long? Hmm? Where yet, God? Where yet? Oh, this ain't going to work. <laughs> you know how we do. But Abraham, he's different. He's, a, he's of a different breed. You know what I'm saying? He's from the breed of faith. That's where he's from. See, he heard a word. And he simply believed it. That's all he did. Was simply believe. He confirmed it. Or he allowed it. What he spoke. What God spoken to him. He allowed to be confirmed in him. And he was faithful to what he heard. He didn't forget it. And he nurtured it. For 25 years. 25 years. He getting older, his woman getting older, plus she was barren. For 25 years, people, think about that. He done left everything. He done left his family, his country, his kindred. He didn't even know where he was going. God said, I'll just show you the mountain that I want you when you get there. You just get to moving. See, some of us want to know the whole thing before we get to doing anything. And God don't work like that. You see, see, God has to test us through faith. You see, God, God, if God gave us the full picture, Abraham probably would have turned around. If God gave you the full picture as to what you had to go through from the authorship of you to the perfecting or the finishing of you, if you would have known that you had to go through what you gone through in this life, you would have ran back up in your mother's womb and say, I'm not coming out. I'm going back the other way. You don't understand what I'm saying? Now, now tell the truth about it. Well, see, God ain't going to do that because that's too much for a human being at one time. See, you can't give him all of it at one time. So what he does is he sends you on this journey with him. And you're supposed to walk with him. And you're supposed to allow him to walk with you. And I, I pray to God that I'm touching you today. Because I don't come here and not to touch you and build you and make you better. I take my job serious. I want to see you grow. I want to see you get better. I'm burdened because of you. Because I want to see you better. It says here, verse 20. He's 100 years old now. He, but look what he did. During all of this time, verse 20 said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But was, how was he? Weak in faith? Oh, oh boy. Giving glory to who? God. Against all hope, he believed. He didn't stagger at this sign. He believed it. And he stayed strong in the faith. You know? Now I'm sure that Abraham had days that he just said, Lord, this thing, this thing ain't going to work. But something inside of him 
say, against all hope, I got to believe. I'm sure that he felt that. Verse 21 said, watch this, and being fully persuaded. <laughs> oh boy, you got to have a well made up mind. <laughs> you got to, come on y'all, you got to have a well made up mind with this thing. You know what I'm saying? If you want this thing to get good to you, I don't know about y'all. But the best time of my life is when we come together in the unity of the faith and fellowship. Amen. There's nothing better in my life. It, it used to not be like that. I used to, the best time of my life was to go fellowship with those that were of the devil. Now, y'all might not have never been there. You know, you, you, you know y'all don't know nothing about that. You understand what I'm saying. Y'all been good all y'all life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but then we get saved, and first thing we do is start pointing fingers. <laughs> Why we do that? But that's what we do until somebody bring it to our attention, right? And the Bible done told us, look, don't you try to correct nothing until you get yourself corrected. The Word of God said that. But here you is trying to correct everything, and you all out of pocket. Can't you see? Not with that plank in your eye. Jesus told you. Told, he, now you say, wait a minute. Now you can't. Jesus saw Bell. Jesus said, now, hold up. How you, you can't clean that little bit of mold out that when you got a beam in yours. You know. But the first thing that seems to me that religious salvation does. I say religious salvation does. It makes us judgmental. At everything. Even the food we eat. Ah. ah. Where God say pray over it. And be thankful. That's what God's word say. Under grace. But we, we try to change the anatomy of God. You can't do that. You don't have the authority to do that. You can make it sound as good as you want to, but you do not have the authority to change God's word. God's word is God's word. And any time we go against the truth of the New Testament by not understanding what it's saying, then we're going to hurt somebody. Because I'm bringing you back into the do's and the don'ts. And you ain't capable of doing the do's and don'ts. You've been trying to do the do's and the don'ts all your crazy life. And you still ain't capable of doing it. So why don't you just give yourself a break. And just take lean on Jesus. You know, do this thing the easy way. You like, okay. We're going back to horse and buggy. We're in a technological age. But we're going to do it over here. We're going to go do to do. Same thing. God done made this thing better for us. He done showed us we can't do it. You can't do it. But we ain't learned yet that we can't do it. We're still putting our hands on it, right? Come on now. It's almost like we want to get the rock and pull it back over on us and bust our head. Because that's what's going to happen. You come out under that umbrella and I guarantee you, your head will get busted. I know from experience. I got knots all in my head. That's why my head, look, look at it. You think I, 
Y'all see the rest of it. Wounds everywhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised God, he was able also <laughs> to perform. I like that. I like that now. Now I'm going to show you something. I want you to go with me to Mark 11, 19 through 24. I'm going to take my time this morning. I'm going to show you all some stuff. Now you, some of you might not catch it, but that's why you, you need to get this thing and sit down and, and listen to it. You need to get audio. Get audio. A video will take you off course because you're too busy looking at the man. Get an audio. And then just sit there and listen. And it's the spoken word. See, you don't have no distraction like you do with a video. Audio, let that thing get in there deeper. You understand what I'm saying? Because faith cometh by. Not by even though you see. But it come by that thing getting dumped down in there, right? Without any distraction. I'm just trying to help you. I know I'm on cue. I'm just trying to help you. I'm going to give you a good word. Watch this. Now, we're going to go over here to Matthew. I meant Mark. Thank you, sister. And we're going to deal with something here. Mark 11, 19, 24. Because, you see, it's a lot of preachers that I hear, Creflo and all of them, trying to bring these people into the age of grace. Because they, they stuck. They stuck. And that's why this thing ain't working as good as it all to work in people's lives because you see, this law thing will condemn you. And God says that He ain't here to condemn us. He's not here to condemn you. You'll condemn yourself trying to do it. You can't. I tried it. I said, stupid. I can do, I can do the Ten Commandments. It wasn't a half hour later, I done broke one of them. I got frustrated. That's what it did to me. It frustrated me. That's what it do to you. Amen. It frustrates you because you can't do it. It frustrated you. But, but here's Jesus. Watch Jesus now. I'm going to go to Mark, like I said, the 11th chapter. And we're going to deal with verse 19 through 24. But first, I got somewhere else. Above that, I want to deal with some stuff here. Can I just deal with something this morning? Watch verse 11 up here. Watch this. Y'all there? Tell me when you get there. I really want you to see this. And Jesus, watch what Jesus did. Jesus being power and wisdom of God. We know that. Where did he enter? Into the city of peace. Mm-hmm. Peace. The peace of God. Now, if I ask you a question, let's see where y'all spiritually at. If I ask you a question, when you saw Jesus entered into Jerusalem, what went in your mind? Did you see a man going into a physical place somewhere across? That's what you saw, wasn't it? But why you couldn't see the Spirit going into the city of peace within you? Why, why, why you couldn't see it that way? Why, why you got to... You, you, you see what I'm saying? See, you, you, see, you got to change your thinking. Amen. You got to, in order to change, 
you've got to change it's got to be inwardly. See, this Bible is all about what's going on in you. You know? So Jesus, he enters into the city of peace. City being an encounter with peace. Jerusalem is the peace of God. That's what he did. And watch what else he did. Watch what else he did. So remember now, in my father's house, there are many mansions, right? Which flow you want to live on? Which one? When I go down, when we go down to the beach, we get a place where we can look out high and look at the ocean. Right across the street, you can get a cheaper motel, but you won't see nothing with you. Huh? Which level do you want to, what do you want to see from God? That's the question. The Bible says, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem as a city of peace and encounter with peace in us. And then he went where? Into the what? Aren't we the temple of God? The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians that we are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in us. So he went into here, didn't he? Huh? Are we on cue? By the word of God. All right. Look what he did. And when he had done what? Uh-oh. He went up in there and he started looking, didn't he? Uh-huh. First Corinthians eleven twenty eight say, let a man examine himself. Because God going to examine. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says that the spirit of a man is the counter of the Lord, whereby he searches the inward parts or the inward belly. Uh-huh. He went up in there searching, going to see some things. And when they had looked around about upon all things, and now the evening tide was come, see, the best state. And he went out unto Bethany with the who? Wow. Watch this. Bethany is the house of misery, the house of depression. It's an area in the area of Mount Olives. Y'all know that place where he was suffering at? Who did he take with him? The twelve. What does the word 12 mean? Divine purpose of God. You see? See, Jesus, when he went up in the temple, this temple, and he looked around, he had a divine purpose of God with him to give man. But what did he find? He found some things out of order. And it discomforted Jesus. It discomforted him. So what did he do? He left. But he was thinking. Because before you can go to casting some things out, you got to go up in there and find out what need to be up out of there, right? Amen. Am I right about it? Right. Watch this now. Watch the word. Watch the word. <laughs> mm-hmm. Verse 12. And on the morrow, that's your next season. When they come from the house of misery, the house of depression, Bethany, hmm, he was hungry. Oh, boy. You ever been in a dog fight with yourself? You're spiritually hungry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And seeing a what kind of tree? That represents man. Which trees are righteous? Three things that fig tree represents. And they all represent man. The church, which is made up of man. Israel, which is 
made up of man. Same thing, Israel, the church, all of it is the same. Fig tree, man. Huh? He sees the fig tree. Mm-hmm. And he's hungry now. <laughs> and what does he do? I'm in a zone right here, y'all. <laughs> and what does he do? <laughs> he takes this thing and seeing a fig tree fall off, it had leaves on it, right? Y'all remember my old fig leaves? That old Adam and Eve woke, faking the phone. Y'all remember? And he came, if happily, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs were not yet. See, that would throw you off right there. For the time of the figs were not yet. But being that this is a man, and being that God says that he has chosen us, where is that, uh, 15, 16, John, that God said, you did not choose me, I chose you. And I ordained you to bring forth fruit. Ooh, so that fig tree, in season, out of season, it say, preach the word, be instant. Doesn't matter, preach the word. Rebuke, reprove, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, the book of Timothy. So, so you see, it doesn't matter when a man, whether in season or out of season, you're supposed to always have some fruit. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? So don't let that little thing throw you off because the time was not yet. See, see that's, that's the mystery that you've got to allow God's Holy Ghost to propel you through. You see, everybody in here, when Jesus shows up in your life, there ought to be some fruit. Otherwise, God got to do some cursing of some things. So what does he do? He curses it. Watch this now. Now watch what he does now. Verse 19, I mean, it's verse 14 said, And Jesus answered and said unto it, no man going to eat of thee hereafter forever. You see, it ain't so much the fig tree. It was the development of the fig tree. And what was causing it not to have fruit. That's what was really cursed. What was hindering the fruit. What's hindering in the fruit in you. That's what Jesus cursed. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, that's what's happening here. And look, his disciples heard it. And then they came, verse 15, they came to Jerusalem. And Jesus went where? He opened that temple again. Watch this. Now, he'd already examined it. He'd already cursed what was hindering your fruit, right? Now, watch what he's getting ready to do now. And he came to Jerusalem. See, this is a journey. A spiritual journey here. A lot of folks can't catch it like that. But if they hang in there long enough, they will. And Jesus went into the temple mm-hmm, and began to cast out. Now you've got to examine what needs to be cast out because you go up in there and throw something out that needs to be in there. <laughs> he said, let a man examine himself now. See, a lot of us casting out the things that God want to give. <laughs> a lot of us casting out the things that God want to give us. Because we ain't examined ourselves. Because we in denial. 
So when you're in denial, you can't see. Except what you want to see. And so, because you don't like it, you cast that out. And you leave the devil up in there with you. Uh-huh. The money changes. Look here. And Jesus went to the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. And he overthrew the tables of the money changes and the seats of them that sold doves. Oh, we Doves represents the Holy Ghost, the anointing. Second Peter 2, 3 says they'll make merchandise of you. Y'all remember that? Watch it. Now, this is what they do now. The church is so out of it now until they up in there selling them doves. They're selling the anointing for $100, $1,000, gift offering. Y'all, y'all better hear me. Money changes. Money changes. And they got the church folk within themselves. They got that same old money changing spirit that God has to cast out of there. See, see, he got to get that out of there. Because see, what it's doing is it's blocking your spiritual growth. You see, you want this, you want that, you want this, you want that. You got one phone, now you want another. You ain't had it 12 months and you want another. They're making merchandise out of y'all. That's what they're doing. And then, <clears throat> because you're in denial, you don't hear that. Because you're a slave to the beast. And you don't believe it. So you know you can't afford a Cadillac. So what you do? You go and buy a BMW which is just as high, and in some cases higher, depending on what you got. And you can't even pay for the gas that's in it. But see, they make merchandise out of you. You know. You are a size 16, but you're trying to get in a size 12. Now that's a pig in the blanket. Now that don't, that don't, that uh, uh, uh. now you can't be that crazy. You know what I'm saying? I know they are. I know they are. Because I, I, I watch women. Because I go shopping with her. And first thing they do is they'll get stuff that's too small for them. Nobody don't fit that no more. <laughs> it ain't happening. No, y'all get to that. Hey, one of you. Instead of getting something that'll fit you, you know what I'm saying? Where all your curves, which, which done went off course now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Instead of you getting something that can, you know, kind of handle that, you think that thing's still on the straight and narrow. That don't fit you. You know what I'm saying? So people, when y'all look at y'all self for y'all, you know, <laughs> you look at yourself in the mirror and be honest. That's all I'm saying. Because them folk make merchandise out of you, you know? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're beautiful. Don't make yourself look stupid. You know, you don't have to do that. 
Come on, don't do that to yourself. You know, I'm just, you know, just saying. But Jesus, he said, now, I got to cast this up out of here because this is what's causing you to be unfruitful. So not only is it in us, <coughs> but what's in us is going to come into the sanctuary too. Amen. So the leaders have allowed the money changers to come up in the temple. The leaders, not me, no, you the priest. God done made you the priest of your own soul. So you the one that done let it come up in there. See, so you ain't going to put it on No, no, you. You. So God's word goes on here and it says, he cast it out. He cast out those that were selling the anointing. Y'all know about them. But look what in verse 16 he said. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. Once he got that thing up out of there, he didn't allow it to come back in. The Spirit of God didn't. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written? My house shall be called of, not some nations, but all nations, the house of prayer. But ye have made it into a den of thieves. Yeah. Let's go on down here to verse 19. Now watch what he does. Still there was a fig tree. Against all hope. Abraham believed, right? Watch this. And when evening was come, he went out of the city. Evening being your best state. And verse 20 says, in the morning, uh-oh, there's a breakthrough. As they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now watch old Peter. Old Peter, he's always got his own nose somewhere. Because Peter means the hearing of the word of God, the rock. Simon Peter means hearing of the word of God. Simon means hearing. Peter means rock. Rock means the word of God. Put the two together, surname and first name, and you've got... The hearing of the word of God. So this is for those that can hear what God is saying. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. You know no more things? See, he done threw the money changes up out of there. See, they can't grow no more. He done cast some stuff out now. You see, the thing that was blocking your fruit, it's out of there now. You see? It's done with it up. And watch what Jesus said. And Jesus answered, saith unto them, have faith who? In who? Have faith in God. Ain't that what Abraham did? Against all hope Abraham believed. Watch this. For verily I say unto you, these red letters, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, that stronghold, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. See, here represents the spirit realm. And shall not doubt in his heart. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, there are steps to this thing to make it work. He said, now, nah, here it is. I'll say unto you. You got to have faith in God. And when you say to this mountain, be thou removed, you can't doubt. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall hmm, believe, confirm, be faithful to, and nurture. That those things which he, you, say, shall come to pass. See, if you don't believe it, 
Why should God do it for you? But Bible says if you believe it, what you're praying for. If you believe what you're worshiping for. If you believe what you got faith in, knowing that faith without works is dead, you know what I'm saying? That's what we were talking about yesterday, sis, wasn't it? About, you know, keep, keep, keep going, keep going. Study. In the midst of it, you still got to study in order to beat this thing. You can beat it. You can get it. You know, but you got to believe against hope, you see. You got to believe against hope. And, and, and what that means is, is that you've got to do what's necessary to be done to go. You can't go expecting, but you got to go with confidence. And the only way you can have confidence is to know, okay, I done studied this thing backwards and forwards. I'm ready for whatever they come at me with. All right? The Bible says, For verily I say unto you that whatsoever... Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast to the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, or her heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. This is in red letters. Therefore I say unto you, he goes on, and he says, What things soever you desire, in other words, whatever you've got confidence in you, when you pray, that means when you're worshiping God, believe that ye receive them and you shall have them. That's God's word. Now, it ain't saying when you pray that when you get down on your little old knees and stay three or four minutes, and then you get up and you go on about your business. No, prayer is being in direct contact with God. You got to let that thing keep rolling in your head. Keep rolling in your head because see if it had not did that, then Abraham, after twenty, after way for them twenty five years, he would have gave up. But that spoken word kept rolling, kept rolling, kept rolling because that's what gave him his inspiration. And because Abraham believed, look at verses twenty two of chapter four in the book of Romans. Because Abraham believed, now we're just about done here. We. Basically all. <clears throat> Over there. Romans, the fourth chapter, verses 22. Amen? And therefore, because he believed people, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Why? Because he believed. It put him in right standing with God. Look at James 2.23. James 2.23. Are we there? And the scripture was fulfilled, which say, Abraham, he believed God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And look what else. And he was called mm, the friend of God. How many of y'all want God to be your friend? Amen. Ain't it a wonderful thing to know that the creator, not just of the earth, but of 
this whole thing that we can't even fathom. Now that's the God we're serving. We're not serving an intermediary God that has another God over it out there somewhere. No, no, no. That ain't the one we serve. We're serving the Almighty, what they call the All Spark in the Transformers. We're serving all of it, the one that created it all. And he said, Abraham, because he believed, he said that Abraham was called the friend of God. So if Abraham was called the friend of God, those through Abraham's seed, through faith, us, then we're his friend too. Why? Because faith puts you in a position of being a friend of God. You want to, have, you want to be a friend of God? Have faith in him. That's how you become close to God. No other way you can do it. Because you can say all you want to. Oh, you just believe in Jesus. Well, they'll believe, the Bible says, and tremble. So really, you ain't done nothing. But if you got faith in that thing, you see, it's just like hope and hope. It's two kinds. You got the hope that expects, then you got the hope that confidently expects. See, without that element of confidence in your belief, it ain't going to work. You can't be a friend of God if your faith don't have no confidence in it. Uh, how are you going to get close to God and your faith flat? You run around and holler, woo me all the time instead of fighting. Don't y'all get tired of folk crying all the time? Oh, y'all don't have to deal with that. I'm sorry. And put y'all in a place that I'm glad y'all don't have to be in. Because folk will burn you to death. And won't follow instruction. But they want somebody to listen to their insanity all the time. Just follow the instruction. That's all you got to do. Learn to follow the instruction. You know, the best counseling you can get is on Sunday morning. I pour this thing out week after week after week to you. Not to have to come back and do it to you all over again the same thing. You know? We built that last week. Why we gonna, wait a minute. You, you done told the wall down that we built last week? You, got, you can't keep doing that. I'm going to have to fire you. You get fired like that, won't you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Keep tearing up the assembly line. Hold up. Nothing showed you that you, you can't take this thing down this line but so fast, but you keep speeding it up because you're on production. But the thing designed to only go so fast. So you lose more time trying to make it do something that it's not designed to do. Instead of taking your time. Because when the thing breaks down, now you really hit. Huh? I'm just trying to set some examples for us. But our God, we saw, our God is greater. You know, we serve a Great God. 
And what we've got to do, church, is against all hope. No matter what it looks like. No matter what people say. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter sometimes what you say to yourself if you ain't saying it right. So you got to learn that sometimes you, your worst enemy is the enemy within. Boy, they coming in proud. She doesn't pump them up. Lord Jesus. And see, that's good. Because whatever it is that they're being uh, uh, taught, they're receiving it and they're proud. They're carrying it. And that's what we need to be. Just like them little children. We need, to be, we need to be proud about what God is putting in us. You know? And we need to walk with this thing. Times are getting tight. We know that. Times are tight. We know that. People falling off the wagon. People sick. People dying. We know that. And the beat goes on. But what are we going to do? That's the question. What are we going to do? Because God has been good to us. He's given us a church where it ain't no bunch of mess. He's given that to us. Y'all ought to be glad of that. You know, you really ought to be glad of that. He's given you a leader who tries to his best to keep all the mess out of the church, try to keep everybody in order, you know, the way the thing's supposed to be done, and preach the word of God in a revelation. Y'all ought to be glad of that. Y'all ought to be glad of that. Because all y'all been to these other churches and y'all know most times them leaders don't do what they need to do to take care of the church. And the church go crazy and the people go crazy and then everything just falls out of, uh, in disarray. Amen. Right. When all they had to do was stand up and be a man. So y'all ought to be thankful for what God has done for us. That he will bring us together and do what he has done for us. Amen. That's how great our God is. And because people don't know when they got something good that they walk away from a good thing because nobody's never loved them. Have you ever had a man or a woman, either one, they never had a good relationship? And what do they do? If they find a good one, man or woman, if they find a good one, guess what? They'll mess it up. They'll mess it up. They'll mess it up. Because they're not used to nobody really loving them. And they're afraid of it. Because the only thing that they've ever known that love was is somebody was trying to get something out of me. And every time I give, I get hurt. You know. So you get gun shy. You know. And then when the good one do come along, you send them through hell. Because you all screwed up in the head yourself. That's how that thing works. Well, that's how, that's how the church is. That's how the church is. They got it so messed up. They got this thing so screwed up. Until people don't know and understand when folks genuinely care and love them. And they're not happy if they can't cause and wreak havoc in the church. So they leave because their whole life is dedicated to wreaking havoc. 
And I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. I know how to go. So we need to want to give God praise. We want to give him thanks. And we want to honor our God. Let's give God some praise in the house. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Come on up, baby. Been in situations wherein we have to really put our faith to work because there was things that that was in our life that um, we didn't think was going to come to pass. I was going to work for us. So like against hope. You get the hope against all hope. No matter, no matter what. You get the hope against all, all hope. I don't care what the situation may be. What you're facing. And it doesn't make any difference what the circumstances may be. How many of you, is anybody here believing for something? It seems like it ain't, just ain't been happening for you. But yet God sent a word today, didn't he? And then he sent us an example. Abraham. Can you imagine receiving a promise when you're old in age, 75, and then it's 25 years later before you get it? Now, how many of us, be honest with you, but by that time we gave up? If it, ain't, it hadn't happened in uh, uh, a year, we'd be ready to give it up. Six months, we'd be ready to give up, right? But God has given us an example. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this here. Now, I'm, uh, she might get me, but uh, I'm going to use her as an example. I'm use her neither. Um, I think that man will preach a message about go keep going back, keep going back, and uh, uh, she's like different jobs, and it seemed like every job she put in for it just didn't come, it didn't come, and uh, she was getting kind of discouraged. But that message came about keep going back, and when the, and, and she when she took that in her heart and faith and belief, when she did when she went back on that time when she was about ready to follow her, that's immediately when she got that job. So the thing is, being persistent, you know, no matter what, hope, I mean, against all hope, we still got to believe. So whatever it is that God has promised us, and it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass, God's saying to us today, you've got to believe it. You've got to keep going. You've got to continue to persevere. And above all, you've got to believe. You've got to believe what he said he is going to bring to pass in our life. It might be 25 years later. We don't know. But it could be just, bam, overnight too. But but God has sent us the word today. I mean, that was a powerful, powerful word. And we do need to get those CDs and go home and, and study those CDs. And also, I need to ask this before I, I call for the children because I know that they got their little friends on. Make sure we get a picture, y'all. All right. Uh, how many people want CDs? Of course, here we give away CDs. And in that way, um, those that uh, use your computer, you know to go to hodsermon.net.tv. So one, two, three, all right, four, one, two, three, four, five. That Ricky is six. I guess one from myself, seven, because we like to ride in the van. So Cheryl, you said seven, uh, seven CDs, seven CDs. Uh, And then that way um, we'll be able to... um, Ride and listen to that word. <clears throat> I like the illustration. He said, "It's good to have audio, 
because then there's no distractions. You're just hearing what the word is saying. But if you got a video, then you got all those other things that's going to be distracted. So that way you're sitting and listening and, uh, and not worried. And, and somewhere uh, uh, in our life, God, every word He sends to us, that means that somewhere we're going to be facing or we are faced with it now. And He just sent us an answer what we need to do. Now we're going to call our little people around. And I do have bags in the back. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I, I need to make sure that either, uh, I don't know whether Brother Tanker or, or Sister LeBurn know how many they, they got in the bag, but we have some chips in the bags for the kids, 10. So do we have 10 families here? Because what we want to make sure that we, we give a bag to each family. Because I know school's out. I know school's out. And then you're going you're gonna to be needing them little, little extras, okay? Because I, I heard somebody say, you, and the kids nowadays, from summertime's out, school's out, they can eat up. In two days, what you got, for, you didn't bought up for two weeks. So, because really school has fed them, you know, during that, during that time, but now we, it's on us. Amen. During the summer. All right, the little people ready. I, I, I look beautiful. Right? Yeah, they got Amen. We ain't against sin. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I don't know how many more pieces of armor they've got to put on. How many more pieces? They're going to need some help, parents. They're going to need some help. Now, how many more pieces of armor they've got to put on left? Okay, they got three more lessons, but one more, one more piece of armor they have put on. Okay, we we're looking forward to that. And then when they the last the last armor, I hope we can have the at the end of the lesson have the complete armor on. They can have completely on. Hopefully, somebody will have that complete armor that they've been equipped with, so we can see, you know, uh, physically see what God is basically saying. Sometimes you have to physically see, but with, with children, they they're, they're doing a great thing. That we just thank and praise God for them. Go make that boldly. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't need to say this because I don't want to forget. He brought it back to my mind. I had forgotten. Now that we have uh, uh, older uh, uh, young men in the church, we have young men in the church, fathers, I think Deacon Hill is missing. I don't know where he's back there doing something, probably getting cities ready. We want to try to, y'all men, try to do something with these young men. Okay? Now, I understand. I like this from Joe Neither uh, this past week that, during the summer, there's a place to have free bowling. What's the name of it? Paradise Lane off of Blackstock Road in Spomberg, right? Yeah, they have free bowling. So if the men would get with these young boys, 
these young young men and 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 fathers and, and children you know get together and 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 let's do something with them amen because see you know when you're talking about children children are not like we were when we come along you know you're gonna have to do something to excite kids to hold their attention you can't sit them down and just talk to them all the time that don't work for children we are there at a different age. They're te- they use technology. They do. They use something we don't use. They use it real good. When I got something wrong with my phone, you know what I do? I call my grandson. I said, Najee, come here. This is messed up. I don't know how to get to this. I don't know how to get. He said, Come on, Grandma. Let me show you how to do it. I mean, I, I, I mean, my my phone. We was we was out of town, and my phone was was off for the whole day. We were, we were in Daytona Beach. Couldn't figure out how to get the internet. All I did was, Najee, come in. He said, what? I said, I need the internet. I can't get it. He said, come in, Grandma. Took it. Next thing you know, I had internet, okay? All them days I was without, they, they, they know, y'all. They know. So let's get with these kids. You know, God is sending them in. God is sending them in. Now let's do something with them. Amen? Yeah. I mean, he's making available at no cost. Only person going to have to pay any money to be the adult. Take the, get, get together with these young men because, see, you got a whole lot of young men out there now that they, they shoot and kill and do something positive and steal in them. You know, it's very, very important. And I hadn't left out y'all ladies and the women going to deal with y'all, you know. But right now, with the men, you know, when you come down to taking on the last name, whose last name do they take on when you get married? You get that man's last name. The woman don't keep her last name. So you want to make sure that joke is right, right? So it's, we need to train them up. That's what the Bible said, train them up. So we need, and, and train them up, have some fun with them. And while you're having fun, you can instill in them the things of God, amen? It ain't going to be boring for those kids. Yes, a minister gone. Okay. Okay. All right, y'all men, y'all y'all participate, but also y'all do an outing. Yeah, let's do an outing. You know, as they gonna do, they gonna do a breakfast. You know, they gonna eat because they eat. They love to eat. You know, y'all they gonna do a breakfast. They gonna eat. But in the meantime, do something also with get them outside of the wall. Get them outside of the church. Okay. And Yeah, God, God is making provisions. Okay, and as you all are said, the men's ministry is meeting. You know, you're sitting down and you're sharing. Then remember what to say. It. Remember, remember, hear what the Lord is saying. Our children are not where we were 50 years ago. They're not there. So we're going to have to do something to help them, okay? As y'all instill into them, if y'all sitting them down, y'all men, please participate. Come out and, and, and work with, with the young men. And then bring your children. Bring your children and then steal in them. And then y'all do some outings with them. Do some outings with them. And that would be a beautiful thing. So they meet once a month. I think don't the men's ministry meet once a month. I think they meet every third. Is it every third Saturday? Every third Saturday the men's ministry meet. However, every third Saturday they meet. What we want to do before summer is over. We want to make sure we take these kids somewhere. Yeah, we want to make sure we do that. Because that's our responsibility. God has given them to us to raise them up. And uh, how many of y'all, y'all kids like to go bowling? I'm talking about these young boys. 
as a these young boys, tell them, throw the prison. <laughs> young men, I mean, see, let me tell you something. And I know we get dismissed. Building friendships and relationships doesn't always center about being in here. You, when you, most time when you really want to relax, thank you, Holy Spirit, I heard you. You know, we went fishing, Dr. Manley and then the boys and stuff, they caught fish and we was out there, uh, minister, I mean, Minister uh, Steve's and his, his sister's pond. It, it's, it's relaxing, it was fun. And Najee caught more fish than anybody, I think. He, I know he caught the biggest one. He caught the largest. It was fun. It was fun. But yet we spend time together. Most children do not have their fathers. They, most families do not spend time together as they all. That's what we're trying to instill. That's why you see so many families so, so messed up because there is no family time together. And we want to build that time. We want to be different, y'all. But I, I just have to say that I, because I see God, what God doing with these young people. And we want to make sure we keep them. Amen. Because ain't nothing wrong with that. Listen, I learned a whole lot of stuff. You, that, sin, going bowling is not sinning. You all you do is rolling that ball down the lane, and everybody said, "Hey, they got a strike." You understand? Ain't no sin in there. Ain't no sin in there. You know, we we, we got to come out of this the way of thinking. Amen. All right, now we're gonna get our CDs, y'all. Don't forget your bags and all that good stuff, okay? And we're gonna stay and we're gonna be dismissed. Amen. 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 We might even let Doc bowl. We laughed on that. All right. Okay, so uh, I don't know if they have a date yet for the for the for the breakfast, but y'all make sure you let us know ahead of time, so we can get announced ahead of time. Okay, all right. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 Monica, Doc, man, wants to pray with you about about your, t- your test again. Yeah, he's yeah. She's gonna um, yeah. We're gonna trust and believe. Amen. 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 Yeah, and put some time in, steady time. 